today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie Well, we touched on it there uh, with Minister McGrath, but the Minister for Media, Catherine Martin, faced almost three and a half hours of questions from members of the Oireachtas Media Committee last night, during which she gave further details surrounding the resignation of the chair of RTE, Shun Nirahali. Now, it emerged that before the Minister appeared on primetime on Thursday night, she wanted to express her disappointment in a letter to Shun Nirahali about being misinformed twice on whether the RTE board had approved the exit package for the former Chief Financial Officer Richard Collins. The Minister told the committee last night that Ms Nirahli indicated she might resign if that letter was sent. So where does all this leave the situation now? What should happen with the appointment of a new chair of the RTE board? Dr Orla Lenehan is Assistant Professor in Governance at the University of Galway and is on the line. Good morning Orla. Good morning, Chair. So you were watching this last night. Did you think the Minister had the correct grounds for not expressing confidence in the former Chair when she went on that primetime programme last week? Uh, I do, Claire, and I think it might be useful for your listeners if we just put into context maybe the three situations that the Minister outlined last night. Um, now, this is assuming that the information from the Minister is accurate, and obviously we haven't heard from the former Chair, and I think it's important to just point that out. But according to the Minister, um, there was a, a number of situations over the pr- past few months where she had maybe received inaccurate information or not the full facts uh, previously back in last June in relation to the resignation of Ms Forbes earlier last week in relation to the uh, resignation of Mr Coveney and of course the issue which was really central to last night's committee hearing was Mr Collins's exit package. I suppose what would help is if we put all of that into the context of the governance framework for RTE and according to the Code of Practice for the Governance of State Bodies it is the Chair who is directly responsible for ensuring that the Minister is kept advised of all matters in respect of the state body. Um, And I I really believe that if the chair doesn't have the correct information, then that is a major governance issue. Um, You know, there were some suggestions last night from some members that perhaps this could be looked on as a slight oversight, you know, an insignificant uh, oversight. But ultimately, the chair is responsible for providing information to the minister. And I think if the minister, you know, doesn't get that information, it's reasonable to see why she may have lost confidence. Okay, so you feel that she made the right call is what you're saying. So I'm going to refrain on passing judgment on her decision to make a TV appearance. But what I feel is reasonable is that she, uh, based on the previous situation that had unfurled that day and being told that the chair was unwilling to receive a letter from the minister, uh, had uh, mentioned at that stage that she wasn't willing to come into a meeting with the minister. I think when we take all of that into context, it's reasonable to see why Mm -hmm. she may have lost confidence. And then watching the committee, a number of people said, uh, asked the question, if the director general was in the room and we we know that he was, why didn't he speak up? Is it his role to do that? Can you can you just take us through how that could work? 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, Claire. And again, maybe, you know, to clarify that for your listeners, I suppose the two roles of chair and DG are not the same. So so the DG role is really an operational role. It's an executive day-to-day decision-making role. And the DG is in place, putting the reforms in place and, and you know, implementing the strategy. The DG is directly responsible to the board. The chair, on the other hand, has actually been directly appointed by the minister and actually works on behalf of the minister and effectively on behalf of us uh, as the public. So the reality with any organisation is that there is a gap always between the general public and the day-to-day management of the organisation and that's the norm. But the governance mechanism that we put in place to alleviate that gap is the board and Mm -hmm. the chair of the board. So it is the board's responsibility and the chair of that board to provide information that would be in the public interest to the minister of the relevant department. So it's like a Chinese walls type situation. Yeah, and it's a line of communication. That's the line of command. So the director general reports to the board and then the chair of the board reports to the minister. Now, I I do think what is useful to point out is that it would appear that the director general did have a meeting with the chair after that second meeting on the Wednesday and perhaps maybe pointed out to the chair that there may have been misinformation presented to the minister. And that is what led to the phone call on, on the Thursday morning. So in my opinion, the director general fulfilled his responsibilities by communicating that issue with the chair and then it is the chair's responsibility to communicate that back Mm -hmm. to the minister. Okay, well, uh, when it comes to appointing a new chair then, how quickly does the minister need to act? Well, I mean, from the point of view of having uh, confidence in the information that you're getting um, from the board, then she needs to act very quickly. I'm not sitting here overly concerned right now this morning. I'd like to believe that the Director General is at work this morning and, you know, getting on with his day-to-day responsibilities. So I, I, I think, you know, there's no immediate concern. But I think the immediate thing that the Minister needs to do is meet with the board, which I believe she's doing at the end of this week, um, and begin discussions with a future focus around what relationship she wants to have with that board and of course in particular then what skill set a new chair should bring to that board. Mm -hmm. Well it has been described, I think Mark Little on uh, Katie Hannan's programme said it's like catching a knife taking on that job. (laughs) Well, well, look, Claire, the chair of any board, you know, it's a very important role. It's a very important function. Um, but they need to bring two skill sets, really. There, it's a twin role when you're a chair of a board. There's a monitoring purpose, a monitoring role. So the chair has to be strong enough to challenge, to ask questions, to, you know, engage with management on those issues. But the chair also needs to play an advisory role. You know, the chair needs to work with management. And ultimately, the chair directs the strategy of the organisation. Mm. Orla, thank you very much for your expertise again. That's Dr. Orla Lenehan. Coming up next, Dr. David Nabarro will be here. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.